0: We never forget our boy. He was, you know, a wonderful child and we miss him terribly. Yeah, a lot of people don't know the full gamma of what we go through. And nor should they. I, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. We'll take this pain to our grave. You can label me a monster, a cold-blooded killer, a demon child, Satan incarnate. I don't care what the name you give me doesn't mean that that's who I am. I can live in society and function as any other normal individual. Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that feels sorry for people who only think they can drink on holidays. It's Dale. <laughs> what
1: the hell? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's wrong. Yeah. Must be like at a... Uh eggnog folks yeah
0: took drink. me a <laughs> drinking eggnog at christmas time yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only time they drink
1: i guess what, what other holiday drinks are they
0: let me just tell you this deal does not need a holiday to drink no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no every day is a holiday for that boy that's right
1: if it ends in day it's a holiday that's right
0: what's <laughs> today today is holiday that's right <laughs> Ding ding ding! What's going on, dude?
1: What's happening, my friend? Hey, I'm ready to record. What you doing? I'm ready to do the same. Have a good day today. It's been nice outside.
0: It's been a good day.
1: Yes, sir. It's been a real good day. Now, ready to get in the, in the crack house here and layer down, man. That's
0: it. You got any good shout outs? Anybody want to talk about before we get going?
1: Yeah, well, I we got a few mentions here and there. Mentions?
0: Yeah, we got to do some mentions. You know who we haven't mentioned lately? Who? Bizarre Nate. I know, man so there you go bizarre nate that's for you
1: yeah but i was bizarre nate okay i did uh, see your instagram post where you were in the cave rock and roll and that was pretty cool you and jam so oh, live it up brother that's it all right man first of all i would like to thank uh kim connor she uh sent us a message and said that she lived down near the sundrop bottling plant down in concord and that was a uh, an episode we did back it's been a while since like episode 46 and Basically, they live near the area, and they all, everybody around there kind of thought it was gang-related. So she just wanted to give us a shout-out, said thanks for keeping that in the public eye, and uh, she really appreciates the show.
0: Well, Kim, we appreciate you listening.
1: That's right. Heck, yeah. And uh, I'd like to uh, give a little thanks to Denise for the email she sent. We, we love the input, and, and you guys want to send us an email or a suggestion or a comment or anything. We, we appreciate all of them that you
0: send. You can go to the... the website and leave a message through there or you can mail us directly at CrackhouseChronicles at gmail.com or you can leave uh, something on uh, the page or the fan page of the facebook fan page. there's many ways to contact us yeah
1: and speaking of the fan page we also want to thanks everybody for uh, jumping over there and joining up on the face page yep the face page the face facebook fan page
0: the facebook fan page say that three times real fast
1: that three times real fast
0: there you go you done it
1: yeah i to say, if I keep talking like this, I'm just gonna sit up here and watch you and drink this beer. Yeah,
0: you drink that beer, boy. <laughs>
1: anyway, one more. I want to give a shout out to uh, Mike Winnipeg, man. We appreciate you hitting us up yesterday and tagging me in the post and with uh, with the news of the the DNA results that found out today that Gene uh, Leroy Hart was indeed the killer of the Girl Scout and the Girl Scout murders. And know, uh, we covered that back on episode 86, and that's uh, in the archives. You jump back and catch that, but we knew it the whole time, didn't we?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He pretty pretty much know, knew that all the way all he, the time. He got
1: his flashlight and his horn around glasses and he was ready to go.
0: Yeah. That's right, living in the cave.
1: Yeah, that's some scary stuff. But I'm glad to I mean he's deceased, so it really it's kind of moot point, but at least they know it was him for sure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And we won't mind everybody to go to Apple Podcast and rate and review, click at five star and write something in the box. We
1: appreciate it. Yeah, it don't have to be something, it's to be a few words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give us some kind words. Yeah. And so we going over to the store page and order you something. Yeah, I'll get you something. Order you a t-shirt or something.
1: Get you tank top. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: It is becoming a little warm out.
0: Yeah. Get you a tank top. <laughs> get you a mug. Get you some kind of. Get you a sticker or something.
1: Yeah. Get some cool stickers.
0: Yep. But that's all I got. All right then. All right. We are going to get into our our episode, dude. This week, and I'm going to tell you, we've <laughs> we hit another one that's pretty rough. Mm, you think so? Yeah. We've covered a lot of stuff, a lot of different things, but. We're just going to get into this one and, and jump in. and.
1: Yeah, when you said it was going to be like a child killer this week, I thought it was going to do like Michael Myers or something.
0: No, but this is a little bit different.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: We've done a lot of serial killers, a lot of people who've killed kids and things, but never a kid who's killed a kid. Right. So this is what we're going to talk about today. All right, then. But this takes place back in 1992, August of 1992, and it starts out... At the home of Dale and Doreen Robbie. Not me. They lived in Savona,
1: New York. It's a small village town in New York, right? Yeah,
0: I think yeah. they had a population of about 900. Yeah, it wasn't many. No, it's a very, very small town, village, whatever you want to call it. Yeah,
1: that sounds weird to me, but I guess that's what they call it.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Village up there. I don't live there, so. I don't live in a village.
1: <laughs> but It takes a village, you know.
0: You would think that everybody <laughs> living there would know everyone.
1: Oh, well, I would yeah i would
0: think so or have seen somebody Yeah, that at one time or another
1: if you sit on the porch long enough everybody's come by
0: pretty much you'd think yeah yep but like i said this takes place with uh starting out with dale and doreen robbie in their home this was on august 2nd of 1993 mm-hmm. and doreen she was having trouble with the smaller boy she had two boys yep D- Derek and dalton Derek was four and Dalton was 18 months. Yeah. It's time. But, but Derek was almost five. He was getting pretty close to five. Knocking on the door. Yeah. Okay. But she was having trouble with Dalton that morning. He was being fussy and just wasn't cooperating at all. Right.
1: We all had them days.
0: But Derek was supposed to be going to a day camp. hmm It was right down the street. And Doreen had been taking him every morning. But this, like I said, this morning, Dalton was giving her a fit. Yep. Wouldn't cooperate and crying. Just was not satisfied at all and Derek, he had told his mom that he can go himself yeah walk by himself Right. like i said it was just a block away on the same street it was it, a
1: dead-end road too i believe yeah yeah and it's on the same side of the street as their house he so. wouldn't have to cross the street or anything right just right down yeah just listen a block away i believe
0: yeah, yeah. so she decided to let him go Whew. yeah
1: It's the first time she ever decided to let him go anywhere by herself, which, you know, we first started talking about this and, you know, it was like, well, he said he was four years old and went by himself. I was flipping out. But, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's in the nineties, which, you know, it's still the nineties, but, you know, it was just, wasn't real far, Mm -hmm. you know, less than a block. So, you know, it's a little bit more understandable.
0: Yeah. But she kissed her son goodbye and waved by to him and he headed out. Yep. And told his mom he loved her yep. and was gone. And was gone. And But she watched him as far as she could see him mm-hmm. going up the street. And on his way there, he crossed paths with a another kid. Yep. A 13-year-old boy named Eric Smith. Right. Now, Eric Smith, he was on his way back from the day camp. He had been sent home for bad behavior. Hmm. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Eric Smith right now. Okay. Now, Eric Smith, he was born on January the 22nd, 1980, in Steuben County, New York. Now, Eric lived with his mom and his stepdad. Right. And his stepdad was kind of rough on him. I mean, he wasn't a really abusive, I don't think, like most stepdads we've talked about. Right. But still bad enough.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he said himself, you know, he had sort of a temper and stuff and you know, and Eric was he was kind of a loner. He, you know, he'd been bullied a lot in school. He had he had glasses and real fire red hair and freckles and you know and said his his ears were kind of big, so he was a perfect target for being bullied all the time. And I mean, said he, you know, most of the time he would come home even off the bus, he'd be crying about every day because somebody'd be on his butt.
0: Just by the way he looked.
1: Yeah, just just catching catching hell for basically the way he looked. You know know how bullies are. They're going to find something and just pick on you. Yeah. But, you know, day after day after day after day, it gets a little old, you know. And I'm sure, you know, he came home a lot whining about it, you know. And, you know, who knows what's going on at home, you know. I'm sure he didn't want to. The stepdad probably didn't want to hear it every day, basically telling him, you know, well, when I got to feeling that bad, I'd just go drop and punch the workout bag till i was tired you know and this kind of stuff and even when he come in asking for help going you know i really want to hurt somebody i need to do something that's, that was his advice to him yeah so it wouldn't it wasn't a whole lot of parenting going on there i don't think but in my opinion
0: eric he you know he wore jeffrey dahmer glasses yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he did, he did. <laughs> and uh he his his ears set real low on his head they attribute a lot of this to his mom because when his mom was pregnant with him she took some medication that helped with her uh Seizured, seizures yeah. and uh, um, epileptic seizures and stuff right which uh, they don't allow him to take now but they claim that that caused some minor birth defects maybe right so that's what they
1: that's what they're blaming on anyway
0: yeah but in school derek he he played in the band he right. played, played trombone he wrestled and he loved spending time with his grandparents. Mm-hmm. And his grandparents were Red and Edie Wilson. And they even said when he would come in, they would give him hugs and kisses. And um, Eric just liked being a clown. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: you know, like I said, you know, he was catching a lot, of, a lot of flack on the bus and stuff. And that's pretty much the way it was when I remember going to school, too, you know. And that's why I think that a lot of people had a different account of him when they would see him at school. He was, you know, cracking jokes. He was in the uh, the band. I think he played trombone, maybe?
0: Yeah, he did play trombone, yeah. And
1: I think he was on the wrestling team. So, you know, people, that's why, you know, a lot of research is like, well, was he like this or was he like that? Well, it could be both. You know, at school, we could be a whole different person than by the time he got off the bus. Cause yeah. Basically, the bus is where you can catch, because, you know, there are all different ages of folks on the bus, and, you know, usually at school, you're pretty much with your same group of friends or same group of folks every day. And the bus is a little bit different.
0: Well, you're on the bus at the end of the day, and the kids are letting their hair down, and they're just ready to get home, and they're, you know.
1: And if you're the target, then everybody's going to jump in because it's funny, you know, and that seems like the cool thing to do, but it's not.
0: But uh, Eric was the target. He was. I mean, they, whenever he people saw him around town, he was always by himself, riding his BMX bike by yep. himself. Yeah. He didn't have any friends or any close friends that he hung out with at all. Right. It was either his mom and dad, his, his siblings, or his yeah. grandparents. Now, Eric did have two sisters. He was the middle child between two sisters. And I don't hear much about the older no. sister. Mm-mm. But uh, I have heard a little bit about the younger sister. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Right Now, when Eric Smith crossed paths with Derek Roby, Eric had told... Derek, that he knew a quicker way to the day camp. And he had him follow him through the woods. Mm-hmm. And when he got him in the woods, this is when Eric got behind him and started choking him. Yep. Strangling Strangling him. Mm-hmm. Now, Derek started fighting him a little bit. I and mean, he was a lot smaller than him, but he started fighting him. And he was able to get Derek on the ground at this point while he was choking him. Right. And,
1: well, you know if he was on the wrestling team he you know, he was had a little strength himself and was able to maneuver him down probably just to slam him on the ground.
0: Yeah. And once he had him on the ground, Eric was he managed to find a rock. Yeah. And at this point he picked the rock up and was hitting Derek in the head with the rock. Yeah. And then he found a twenty six pound rock.
1: Yeah, I think he had to dig it out of the ground a little bit, so I'm sure after the first those other rock he probably had him pretty much laying there out and then he dug up the big rock
0: yeah and that's when he smashed his head yeah yeah pretty pretty bad
1: yeah pretty bad bludgeoning
0: mm-hmm. yeah after he dropped the large rock on his head he undressed him mm-hmm. and he pulled his pants down and then he that's when he, eric found a a stick A stick yeah. and he sodomized him with a stick
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah pretty bad stuff
1: yeah it, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what the
0: hell? Mm-hmm. But they determined the cause of death to be the blunt trauma to the head with contributing asphyxia. Yeah. And this was when Eric went through Derek's lunchbox. hmm And he found uh, a banana and some Kool-Aid. hmm And he threw the banana down and smashed it. Yeah. And then he opened the Kool-Aid and poured the Kool-Aid into the wounds.
1: What the hell, dude?
0: I know. Bad stuff.
1: You know, and all this is basically five minutes after he left his house.
0: Yeah, five yeah. minutes.
1: Yeah, and only, what, a h- couple hundred yards from his front door.
0: hmm mm. And Eric left. Mm-hmm. But, get this, Dale.
1: He just went on about his, his regular day.
0: Yeah. But he went back to Derek's body twice that morning. hmm Twice.
1: Yeah, he went back one time and then, like, took his right shoe and put it by his left hand. And took his left shoe and put it by his right. It's hand. almost
0: like he was staging the body.
1: Yeah, and kind of put him with his hands out to his side. It's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, it's like he did. I guess he didn't want the moment to end, so he had to keep going back.
0: Yeah, he was enjoying it. He was. Mm-hmm. So he was up getting up close to about eleven o'clock that morning, and there was a storm coming up. And to talk about the storm, Derek's mom, Doreen. She got concerned about this storm and wanted to go get Derek at uh, day camp. Mm-hmm. And when she got there, they said uh, he'd never shown up.
1: Right. He didn't never make it.
0: Mm-mm, never did. And that's when they got people looking for Derek. Right.
1: Yeah, and after about four hours of searching the town, they finally found him.
0: Yeah. But Derek's body was found in a small patch of woods, and it was halfway between the park where he was headed and his home. And evidence showed that Derek was lured from the sidewalk and strangled, but by the time all this happened, nobody knew who the killer was they right. People were thinking that it, a stranger in their town that had come in and yeah killed him,
1: yeah, because you know, like I said pretty much everybody knew everybody mm mm-hmm. They just thought it was some they could, definitely he, thought it was an adult, yeah, yeah,
0: but they were looking all over town to try to find who had killed Derek Roby mm-hmm. And Eric Smith, he had even went to the police station to try to help with the investigation. Search. Yeah, the investigation, the search. Yeah. And they were asking him questions, you know, and he admitted to seeing Derek that morning. Yeah, that's and they said that, you know when he first went in
1: they were asking him questions, looked like he was really enjoying being part of it, you know, and then as they talked to him more and more, that's when he said that he'd actually seen him from across the field. Yeah. And they are like Jaws dropped that when he said that. I so, wait a minute, you saw him. And it, the time he gave that he saw him was like five minutes from the time the coroner said that he did. So it didn't look good.
0: He was describing Derek down to a T. the clothes he was wearing. the his lunch lunchbox. Yeah. Or lunch
1: bag or whatever he was carrying. Yeah, he even
0: said it was a cool lunchbox. Yeah. So he had to, they were thinking he, they had to see him close up.
1: Yeah, so they took him back out and got on his bike and told him to go where he was mm-hmm. and then show him and they determined there was no way he could have he could have seen that detail from where he was mm-hmm.
0: and they got to interrogating him a little bit more they were really concerned about this kid and they got to asking him questions and that's when he started flipping
1: out a little bit started clenching up his fists and shaking and kind of like we he did before when he's mad and then uh he said you guys think I did it, don't you?
0: You think I killed him?
1: You think I killed him? hmm And then they done some more stuff and brought him in some Kool-Aid, some red Kool-Aid. And they already knew about the, the wound stuff. And so mm-hmm. he just grabbed it and threw it in the floor.
0: Yeah. And that's what he told him. He said, I ain't, I haven't killed anyone, and I, I've never sexually assaulted anyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They, didn't, they hadn't even mentioned the sexual assault. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'd heard one officer even said that the hair stood on the back of his neck. I bet so. Yeah
1: freaking out all this time they're thinking they're looking for an adult and sitting here talking to the killer the whole time Mm Mm-hmm. crazy
0: but now eric smith's grandfather red wilson he said the family knew that eric was hiding something right and they think they thought that he was maybe he had maybe seen something and and, was threatened yeah and yeah
1: you know threatened don't you tell nobody in this thought he was just basically hiding what he knew because he didn't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. from somebody else
0: but they couldn't figure it out they, they was trying to help figure out what was going on with eric
1: yeah so they finally just come on man you gotta tell us what's going on
0: and eric would even ask him, what would happen if it turned out to be a kid mm. and the grandpa said i seriously think they would need some psychiatric help he said oh okay and then he walked away that's crazy man it is mm-hmm but now the details they begin to leak out about the crime and there was a lady named marlene heskell she launched her own investigation into this murder and she went to the store and she bought like ice cream nuts syrup and bananas and she brought it home and asked everyone if they wanted sundays and they all did and eric was going to have nuts and syrup but he didn't want a banana
1: he didn't like bananas
0: Mm-mm. no and that's that's even when marlene said that she got scared
1: Yeah, since he just smashed the banana in the field
0: mm-hmm. yeah but now just a little bit more on eric he had been known to throw tantrums and fits of rage and he would even bang his head on the floor right a lot yeah
1: yeah it's one of them and if i don't get my way i fall on the floor and smash my head in the floor Mm-hmm. mm yeah yeah but you know they say and they don't know if you know how how severe it was if it was like giving himself many concussions or whatever but you know just sounded like he needed some little he needed some parenting i think uh or maybe just some attention i don't know but
0: it was, it's it's not right no it's not but now just five days after the murder Derek roby he was buried in his baseball uniform yep yeah he loved baseball, and he loved soccer. And Yeah, his
1: daddy was a t-ball coach, and he just loved the t-ball stuff. Yep. It was his favorite thing.
0: And just two days after the funeral, Eric Smith confessed to killing Derek Roby.
1: Yeah, they finally talked to him again, told him they need to tell him what he knew, and that's when they told him he was sorry, but he killed that kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Red Wilson, his grandfather, said it's still hard to believe about his grandson. Mm-hmm something must have happened to him because that wasn't my grandson crazy yeah
1: he just said basically when they asked him why he did it he said he really didn't know he just saw that blonde kid and he wanted to hurt him
0: he just wanted to hurt him
1: a little background on on Derek. you know even though he was four he was basically he was basically the honorary mayor of the town that he was always on the corner on his bike waving at everybody going by he wanted to be everybody's friend. He was just like the most I would say most probably the most popular kid around mm-hmm. the way the way it's been told to me. he's and, a very
0: cute kid, yeah,
1: and everything was going his way, and everything was great
0: mm-hmm.
1: and meanwhile, and that's what it hit me today when I was doing some research on this, and I kept hearing this stuff, you know, and I really hadn't never put it together, and then I'm like, wow, wait a minute, what if this is the reason that Eric lost it you know he and then you told me that uh you know, he had just been sent home for bad behavior from the same place that—
0: uh, The day camp.
1: The day camp where he was going. Do you think that uh, when he locked eyes with him, he knew he was Mr. Popular, mister Goody Goody, yeah. Mr. Everybody's Buddy? and Mr. I'm, Mayor, and, yeah. And I'm I'm nobody, and I'll yeah. never be anybody. Because that's basically what, you know, his stepdad always said, you know, he'd come on. He'd say that, you know, he was nobody. He'll never be anybody just because he had been— told that so much and been put down so much was burnt he basically had no self-esteem at all mm-hmm. you know and and you just think you know after anger and rage maybe it just snapped him could have because i'm thinking wow you know that just that because you know it's, it was really weird i don't think they they didn't really know each other and I, I think maybe eric probably knew who he was who Derek was just from way everybody said it. he knew everybody in the town and way you know the way he acted. But I'm sure that uh, Derek didn't know Eric. Mm-hmm. But once they were in, you know, and he was friendly to everybody. He wanted to be friends with everybody, so he wouldn't think nothing out of the ordinary when he invited him to walk off with him. Mm-hmm. And then he just took advantage of him. And, you know, I think, you know, even I think that uh, Eric had already been hurting animals and doing basically the stuff that we always see that's in the timeline of serial killers. You know, it was basically, uh, you know, headed that way, it seems. And then he goes to, to camp to try to be cool with all the other kids, and they send him home, and then he runs across Mr. Mayor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I really think that had something to do with
0: it, why he picked him. I think so, too. It was. It's very possible. But now Eric did. He he fit into that McDonald triad, that trifecta of three traits that's pretty much coined by forensic Psychiatrist, and you know him setting fires, cruelty to animals. He would he would uh, shoot dogs and cats with BB guns mm-hmm. and uh, drown birds, and he would even wet the bed. Oh, kind of mess. So he had those traits of, um, of problematic. Yeah, stuff, that, you know. that some serial killers have. Yes. And then Eric even had speech problems and. They, it's even been reported that he became attracted to girls by the age of four and he became a heavy smoker by the age of nine wow and he had a uh, like a speech problem too He'd, he would drool when he spit when he would speak right so it, he had some stuff going on right
1: it's really sad really
0: mm-hmm. and eric was um in the fifth grade at this time but he had been held back in the fourth grade so he spent two years in the fourth grade. So he was a little bit older than the kids in his class. Right. So he probably had to be bullied for that too. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah. So he everything that Eric had was going against him, Dale. Yeah. You know, and he wouldn't get any help at home because, like you said, he would go to his stepfather about what he what he needed to do.
1: Yeah. You know, and basically, and his mom just basically told me he needed to stand up for herself. Yeah. Well, you know, that's all, that's all great, you know. But, I mean, if he was on the wrestling team, you know, I could see he could do a little bit, you know, whatever. I mean, but I don't know. I that just that's not very good advice. I think they just, their parenting skills are just trash, if you ask me. Yeah. Because they really didn't, even even the stepdad, you know, said he'd come to him and told him he needed some help. He knew what to do and this kind of stuff. And they just kind of blew him off. I don't know that that would have made a, a huge amount of difference, but it damn sure it couldn't have hurt. No. Give the boy some time, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. But this um, murder case made national headlines. hmm It was largely due to the killer's age. He was 13, and Derek Robey, he was four.
1: Right. And in New York, you know, that's the only um, charge that they can charge a juvenile, like a 13-year-old, with, you know, as an adult. I know. I'm sure it's getting, you know, a lot of attention
0: for that. But Eric Smith was subjected to a extensive medical testing from specialists on both sides. hmm they examined his brain function, hormone levels, and found nothing to explain his violent and aggressive behavior. Right. And uh, according to court documents, Eric Smith was a loner and was often tormented by bullies, like we said, for mm-hmm. his protruding, low-set ears, thick glasses, red hair, and freckles.
1: And his glasses were really big, too, so that didn't help him either.
0: Jeffrey Dahmer glasses.
1: Yeah. You know, and and even when, you know, going through all this stuff and checking out his, his mental his mental problems and stuff. And because of the sexual nature of his crimes with that stick, you know, the question come up, you know, whether he was abused or not, but it did come out that, uh, his older sister, Stacy, you know, was sexually abused by their stepfather, mm-hmm. even though there was no evidence that Eric was actually, you know, was abused. Who knows if he was or not, you know, he basically told, you know, everybody, he, you know, he never, if it did, it never came out that it was there, but he definitely did with the, the daughter. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause and they said, you know, when the reasoning he gave for using that stick was he thought he could r- ram it in there far enough to hit his heart and make it stop. Yeah. But I don't know if I buy that or not. That's kind of far-fetched.
0: He got Derek Roby into the woods. He was wanting to beat that kid up, I think. Yeah. And it went too far. He was wanting to hurt him. Oh, he hurt him. And, yeah, oh, he hurt him bad.
1: I can't imagine what. How much damage a twenty-six pound rock? I mean, that's
0: just a drop of it alone, plus the force. Yeah, coming down fury. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know that, that would be awful. That's enough to
0: crush anybody's skull. Yeah, yeah.
1: Especially a little small little fell like him. Yeah, four year old.
0: But now on August the sixteenth of nineteen ninety four, this was a little over a year later. Eric Smith was convicted of second-degree murder Mm -hmm. and sentenced to the maximum term then available for juvenile murderers. Yeah, nine
1: years to life. Yeah. That's a big gap.
0: Mm-hmm. But while he was in jail, Eric Smith read out an apology to the Roby family on public television. And it said, I know my actions have caused terrible loss in the Roby family, and for that I am truly sorry. I've tried to think as much as as possible about Derek will never experience. His 16th birthday, Christmases, anytime, owning his own house, graduating, going to college, getting married, his first child. If I could go back in time, I would switch places with Derek and endure the pain I have caused him. Mm. If it meant that he would go on living, I'd switch places, but I can't. And at the end of this statement, Eric Smith states that he cannot bear the thoughts of walls razor wire and steel metal bars for the rest of his life he has also apologized to derek robey in interviews hmm. yeah but eric smith was held in a juvenile facility for three years and then transferred to an open prison for young adults and in 2001 he was transferred to the clinton correctional facility in dannemora new york yeah
1: i mean since he was it was nine years to life. He's definitely eligible for parole.
0: After like, nine years, yeah. Yeah. And he would go up for parole every two years. Right. After that.
1: Which basically means that Dale and Doreen would have to relive this every two years. Every two years. You know, and they said a lot of times they weren't, they said that, they, you know, they wasn't able to go into the actual hearing. So they would make homemade home movies and stuff like that to send to the board to yeah. make sure that they knew what they had lost.
0: Yeah. And they did this for Derek.
1: Yep. Uh, years
0: after years
1: after years, every two years,
0: every two years, mm-hmm. and they would get a letter from the parole board right around Christmas time. Yeah, Merry that, Christmas. Yeah, and that how about hanging over your head over the holidays, man? All right.
1: Yeah. That suck.
0: Can you even imagine?
1: It's hard enough you're missing him, and then you get that letter, that you have to go and try to try to keep the killer in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy.
0: Yep. And as of May third, two thousand sixteen, the New York State Department of Corrections website showed him incarcerated at Collins Correctional Facility. And it's a medium security prison for male inmates in Erie County, New York. And on April the twenty sixth of two thousand nineteen, he was listed as incarcerated in Gowanda Correctional Facility. And it's a medium security prison which is co located in Collins Correctional Facility. Hmm. And get this, on November the 30th, 2019, he was listed as incarcerated at the Woodburn Correctional Facility in Sullivan County, so he was moved around quite a bit. Right. But Smith had been denied parole 10 times since 2002, most recently in January of 2020. And after the failed 2012 hearing, the, the parole board cited a concern for public safety in his decision and dale and doreen they opposed his release and at that hearing he told the parole board he would not return to savona if released and would go to a shelter or halfway house instead
1: yeah i wouldn't think he'd want to go back there no huh? and if i was Derek's dad you damn sure wouldn't want to come back there
0: you i wouldn't want to see your face in that town again no. now in October of 2021, this was just last October, Mm -hmm. Eric Smith was granted parole after 27 years of incarceration. He was raised by the prison system. Yeah. Yeah. And he was scheduled to be released on November 17th, 2021, but his release was delayed because he did not have proper housing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think you said that uh, they finally found him somewhere in Queens, New York, which is like. Two hundred miles away from this place. Yeah, Yeah.
0: from Savona, New York. Right, but he was ultimately released from prison on February the first of twenty twenty two this year. Crazy. And they had asked Eric, you know, what he wanted to do with his life, what he wanted to do, and he claimed that he had met someone. He had met a woman. He had a fiance. Yeah, and she was studying to be a lawyer.
1: Yeah, I think she uh, uh, had contacted him on. Stuff about, you know, the the psychology part of the children and all this stuff, and basically just interviewing him, and then they fell in love. Talking about
0: the juvenile justice system, I right. think. Right, and all that, yeah. But he claimed that he wanted to get a job, and he wanted to... He wanted
1: to help bully children.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, that's, that's a good thing, I guess, but It's honorable, but, you know, that's just something to say. It sounds like to me that's something to say to get out of jail.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, if he does it, fine. If not, whatever, I don't know, but...
0: But he said he wanted to get married and have a kid, and get a job and have the American dream. Pretty yeah. much
1: what he said, right? Decent, just like every other decent person is like. Wait a damn minute! <laughs> I think you're the decent person here, dude. Yeah. But you know, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. I think it's not my kid. But and he basically served thirty years. He was yeah. a kid when he done it. So I, I don't know. But also, you got to look at the background of, you know, the stuff he did. You know, was basically gearing up. He was escalating. and he, Yeah, and definitely. And then I think in the, when he was 15, one, no, I guess he couldn't, well, I don't know. It was it was fairly soon after, I think a couple of years after he was convicted, they had went in and was doing another psych thing on him and asked him, you know, what did he feel? You know, did you feel good when he did it? And he said, yeah, at the time he did. When he mm-hmm. committed it, and he said, "Well, if you weren't, weren't caught, you know, what are the chances of, that you would do it again?" And he said, "Oh, I would do it again." Yeah, and that was, now that was early on.
0: He enjoyed doing it. Yes, because that's why he went back to the body two more times. Yeah, he didn't want that to end. Basically,
1: it was the feeling was. This time, it's not me getting hurt. I get to be the one yeah. giving up giving up the pain. I get know? to lash it out. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it said and the, the Roby family and the Smith family have not exchanged a single word in all these years, even though they still live in the same town. They, they found themselves face-to-face, but they never spoke.
0: I can't even imagine.
1: Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and Dale Roby said, you know, well, we can't live here. So, I actually, I live on Roby Road. You know, they had moved— uh, not long after that happened basically to leave, to a house that didn't have so many memories of Derek, you know especially for dalton you know to help him mm-hmm. and uh it's pretty wild that these, you know basically ruby rose is where all his family lives so you know they, they wouldn't want to leave their support system basically what he was saying yeah but you know it's it's crazy now years later to honor Derek, volunteers bulldozed the scene of the crime and put in a new ball field yeah, in memory of him, and actually erected a, a little statue of Derek.
0: And we'll post some pictures cool. of that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But now it is reported that Eric Smith's grandfather read he helped with that uh, ball field and helped, right. helped grade to make that happen. Right.
1: You know, we we talked about a little bit about that today. You know, what what would you do? I'm like, I'm like, well, you really can't blame them, man. You know, especially the grandparents. Yeah. I'm sure they've done all they can do. You know how grandparents, you know, they're going to love him to death, you know, when he comes over there, you know, and there's some little video clips of him here and there where you can hear him talking to him and stuff, and it's just like a regular kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure he wasn't getting the, the I don't know, I don't want to trash his parents too much, too much more anyway, but I'm sure he was getting a lot better care at the grandparents than he was at home, or sure it seems like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've thought about this hard and heavy, and I don't know how, you know, as far as the Robies being a parent, I wouldn't want him to be out, but they don't have to face this parole board every two years now.
1: Right. It was kind of like, I mean, I know it's it's difficult, but basically you're, you're out of prison, too, because before they were just chained to this thing that they knew they were going to get every two years.
0: Yeah, this letter came every two years.
1: And you get it, and it's over, and you're like, whew, and then you go well let's go ahead and start preparing for the next one mm-hmm. because you know it's just something you would dread and now you can just kind of go on with your life you know you still have another son mm-hmm. i mean you're not you're not forgetting Derek, but you still you got to live for your other son too you know who's now what 30 30 years old and yep. married with some kids i think so yeah so you know i mean i don't know
0: i don't know either man but it's just i've heard uh, an interview with Derek's mom, and she said it is a relief knowing you don't have to go to the parole board anymore. You can start living your life and right. moving forward a little bit.
1: Well, you know, I'm sorry I went to cut you off, but That's all right. like I said before, you know, I think she was kind of tired of fighting the fight, you know, and, and Dale would remind her that we, we have to do it for Derek. Well, you know, now it's over. We can let Derek go, you know, a little bit, and then we can live our life. Mm -hmm. and i think that's basically what you're trying to say yeah you know it's just because before that's all you think about yeah you know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's kind of like you know they have an inscription on the statue basically it was a dedicated to be a gentle reminder of what childhood is meant to be which i thought was really cool yeah you know and just everybody can go back to being carefree and kids and stuff you know And, and um but uh I'm sure Eric Smith surely changed the damn lay of the land in this place. Went went from everybody knows each other to nobody caring about nothing with a – not a care in the world to, holy shit, what just happened.
0: I know. Now, I've heard Derek Roby's dad say that when they're out and it's Derek's birthday, they always go and get white ice cream and sprinkles. because That was his favorite.
1: Yeah, that's what he called the vanilla. We want white ice cream with sprinkles. Yep. You know, and then they said it didn't matter where they were you know if they were on vacation whatever they had to go search out some white ice cream I yeah thought that was
0: cool so yeah they still do things to remember Derek. yeah and um i've heard an interview with dalton that was a younger brother that was two at the time and you know he don't remember his brother but he's seen videos and he always wonders what it would be like to have that best friend to talk to and do things with and
1: yeah you know i was thinking today man i wonder if he ever really gets depressed about they could you know i mean i know he was just a baby and it's all different but if he wouldn't have been
0: pitching a fit that day yeah he can't control his actions he was a baby right you know 18 months old No, i'm sure his
1: that that day haunts his mom mm-hmm. you know because that was the first time she ever let him go by herself and how many times has that happened first yeah. time
0: i can't imagine what this family goes through man right you can't they can't blame themselves they cannot
1: no definitely not
0: mm-hmm but they're they're a strong family. I mean, they they held it together and they did everything they could for.
1: Yeah, because this that could have easily exploded a family. You know, They could have. You know, they could have been playing the blame game, like you said. But they decided to rally around each other and, and do it for Derek.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would have done, but yeah, they they held it together. I I commend them yeah. greatly. Yeah, sure do. But eric smith is out he is out on parole i'm sure he has to check into a probie officer regularly for a certain amount of time yeah so it's a gamble man you let him out
1: right well you know like you said you know i'm sure he's a different person but like you said he's also been raised in prison so
0: yeah
1: you know if he if he can get out and, and get on the right track i'm sure he, he don't want to go back i mean he's spent his whole life there that's true
0: yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. That is the case of Eric Smith. And the story of Derek. Derek Roby. Oh, Derek Roby. All right. All right, Dale. We're going to get out of here. All right, man. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you. This is the, the Crack House Chronicles.